Hey, good evening. This is Travs with Oscar Mike Radio, episode 115. This is a very different kind of podcast for me. It's not really a bonus episode, but it kind of goes outside of my plans for this month, which was to talk about World War I specifically, but this is something that I feel needs to happen and get off my chest in a way. Um, and as, as we go through this podcast, you will see why. Uh, two weekends ago, I got a message from my corporal on September 29th, and it was simply a picture from Facebook showing a Marine that was in my battery and firing section had passed on. And it really took me by surprise. Uh, in every Hawk battery, there are two platoons. And every platoon has two firing sections. And when I first got to Yuma, I, I met this guy. His name was uh, John Golner. And, you know, we served together uh, doing Hawk kind of stuff, which was pretty cool. We had some good memories together. And John was my age. John was uh, mid to late 40s, ran marathons, was in decent shape, but passed on. And at the time, no one really knew what happened. And it really kind of um, hit me hard because, you know, two years in a row before this, we've had Marines that I served with pass on for one reason or another. And, and now... For the third year from 2016, 2017, 2018, a Marine from either a 1st Land Battalion or a Charlie Battery have, have passed. And, you know, I just didn't know what to do. I mean, this is not what you would, not what you want to hear. Th these aren't what you would call old men. And... We lived in different states. We came from different backgrounds, of course. But it, it's it's funny how all those memories and, and times and good and bad come back to focus when you see something like this. And a lot of stuff happened, which I'll cover here in a minute. But uh, I reached out to John's father and asked for permission to do this podcast, and he allowed me to do this in uh, honor and memory of his son, my Marine brother, uh, John Kane Golner. And it's my hope and desire that uh, for the people that he served with, the people that he knew, and you know anybody who might be interested in what John was doing as you know a veteran, this will provide some comfort and, and some, some light in your life because John tried to leave the world a better place everywhere he went. Episode 115. Um, <laughs> John was one of those individuals who really bought into, loved, and was consumed by every aspect of being a Marine. My first real memory of, of John was, you know, I'd just gotten to Yuma checked into um, 
you know, the battery and got my assignment, met the first sergeant, so on and so forth. And, you know, I'm getting my, my barracks assignment. And there's this guy who, he's doing a, a self-critiquing wall locker inspection. And he's like, come here, come here, come here, come here. I want to show you my stuff. I'm like, okay. He's like, I'm Goner, and, you know, you're serving with me, and, and second platoon, and we're going to rock on, and I'm motivated, and, and you know, every now and then I get this urge to do stuff, and this weekend I'm doing a, a self-wall locker inspection. I'm going to have, you know, either the, the duty NCO or even Gunny B to come down and, and, and check it out and, and, and see how this works. I think it would be a good thing for you to do too. And I'm like... Has this guy lost his mind? I was just in Fort Bliss for three and a half months. We did Wallacher inspections every other week. I didn't want to do another one in my entire life. Are you kidding me? And this guy is doing one for fun because he has nothing else better to do? I know Yuma is kind of a, a boring place in the armpit of hell, but are you kidding me? <laughs> a self-Wallacher assessment? And sure enough, I mean, he got his his rack tight, and he polished the bottom of his boots, and remarked everything, and had all his stuff hanging out there. And <laughs> I don't know if Gunny B and and those of you who served in uh, Charlie Battery know who I'm talking about ever came down to check it out, but that's when I realized that we're not dealing with uh, your everyday, average, normal you know, Marine, Senior Lance Corporal, you're, you're, this is somebody special here. And at first I thought, well, this this has got to be, this has got to be fake, right? This, this guy's trying to get brownie points or he he really is a, uh, a walking screw-up and he's trying to get back in the good graces of his command and really, you know, show them that he is, you know, true hard, right? But it wasn't that way. And I say that because, you know, if you had your own inspection coming up or if you were trying to get some knowledge locked on or if you wanted to uh, understand a certain aspect of the gear that you weren't getting when you were in loader class or missile handling class or, you know, doing a, a night op with the gear, John was a pretty good person to ask about that kind of stuff. He, he knew what the staff and SEALs were looking for on a uniform inspection. He knew how to, to pass a room inspection the, the first time or the third time because he's like, sometimes first sergeant will just fail you because he's, you know, first sergeant. But he knew all that stuff, right? And he, he freely shared his information, which was cool. I mean, he wasn't like, you know, I'm super Marine, but, you know, he's like, devil dog, I'm here for you. Come see me and, you know, We'll, we'll practice putting uh, creases in your cratons. We'll, we'll make sure your shirts are, are awesome. I'll show you how to do it, you know, by hand so you don't have to pay the cleaner. And I'm like, I'm just trying to get my, my shirt buffed out so I can, you know, not get uh, on Sergeant Munoz's uh, dirty list. But uh, he was just always on when it came to that, that aspect, right? And... Some people liked it, some people didn't. Some people thought it was just a, a show, but the more I got to know him, the more I, I realized that he really, really, really enjoyed every aspect of being a Marine. Field days didn't bother him. I mean, shoot, filling sandbags didn't bother him. 
You know, he, he, <laughs> he was just weird in, in, a, in a good way because he, he really was either buying into it or, or just was so, so full of this excitement for being in, in the Marine Corps that in some ways it was contagious. You know, maybe I think, um, you know, a lot of times I'd be sitting there as dressing my boots every night, getting kind of snickered at, but I'm, you know, I never, I never failed a boot inspection ever. And, you know, John was doing the same kind of stuff and, 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 you know, showing me how to do it. And, and, you know, that, that was all good. And, and, and when he became an NCO, a corporal, uh, not much change. I mean, he was still the senior guy in our section, so we had to do what he told us to do. But unlike some corporals who managed from the head shed or, you know, from the uh, Humvee, you know, John would help you coil up uh, power lines to the generators, comm lines to the launchers. You know, he'd get the wire brush out there and scrub the cylinder heads clean so the, the, the sleeves were smooth. All the nasty, dirty grunt work that came with being a hawker, even as an NCO, he was right there doing it. So it was kind of easy to follow him in that regard because it was a, a leadership by example, not just because I'm the NCO and you're a dirty, you know, punk boot. I'm going to, you know, thrash you because I got nothing else better to do. Now, John wasn't like that. Uh, it, it was just be, be prepared for uh, a class on, um, you know, sword drill or, you know, hey, can we, can we go marching together? <laughs> So in some ways, you had to take the, the good with the bad. I don't know if you'd call that bad, but you know, looking back now, it was kind of it, 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 it was kind of cool how, how he bought into it. Um, you know, we we go on runs, right? And, and on detachment runs or, or battalion runs, every battery runs, uh, and we were always the last battery because we're trolley battery. So what they do is they'd line up, uh, you know. You know the, the the big brass then headquarters and support battalion, which is like supply, intel, admin, the trucks, uh, so on and so forth, and then Alpha, Bravo, and Charlie. And anybody will tell you in big long runs or humps, it absolutely blows being in the back, because you're always trying to catch up, uh, you're always trying to you know maintain formation. And it, it, there's that big accordion effect when you've got, you know, 500 people trying to run, you know, at the same time in the same place to the same place, right? And it, what they would do is each each battery had our, our guide on, or, or for lack of a better term, it's it's the flag with the battery's uh, logo or, 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 and I'm probably all kinds of nasty right now, but for lack of a better term, it's the, it's the battery's logo, and wordage on that flag. So ours said Charlie Battery. And you could take that flag from the lead guy up there with the uh, CO and run around your battery, or if you were really motivated, start from uh, the right side, right, and run that flag all the way to the front of the battalion and all the way back while the battalion's moving forward and then all the way back to your battery. And, you know, it, it sounds easy, but it's not when you're doing it because you're trying to, you know, outrun, you know, 400 other people who are running at the same time, trying to keep up and trying to, you know, go faster. And then you've got to go in front of the, the battalion um, CO and XO, turn around, run all the way back around 
again and then find your battery or your place in line and, and, and give the, the flag off to somebody else. And without fail, Golner was always the first one to take the flag and do it. And he, he never fell out. He never had a problem doing it. He was, you know, in shape. He was, you know, good to go with that all the time. And, and so it, it was things like that that are really kind of, you know, comes back and, you know, it hits me as I'm, uh, as I'm seeing this message from Corporal, you know, all this stuff hits me at the same time. And I'm like, in, in a way, life was, life was easy back then. All we had to do was do our job and, and do it well and clean our rooms and, you know, maintain and, and everything was fine, right? You know, life wasn't that bad. And so we're doing this, and, you know, John watches me graduate uh, loader class, so I could, was rated to, you know, put the missiles onto the launchers and take the missiles from the trucks to the uh, loader to the, to the launchers, which is, a, which is a really cool thing. John helped me study for uh, missile handling class. That's where you take the missiles out of the tubes, actually put them together and load them on the launcher. That, that was you know, you, you were legit then, you, you know, every law hawker had to do it. Some got it quicker than others, but you know, once you were on the missile crew, you know, the next thing of course was to then start working toward, uh, getting off the, the launcher crew into the, some of the radars and the BCP. It, it was, it was, the BCP is the, the command post with all the, uh, radar equipment inside of it to track the aircraft as we shoot our missiles at it. So, you know, first landers will understand what I'm talking about. I'll have some uh, links and pictures of what Hawk was in the blog post for this. But you know, that's what we did. And, you know, John knew all that stuff and, and really believed in it. And, and because, you know, Hawk was a cool MOS. Hawk was a very cool MOS. Uh, we, were, we were part grunt, part air wing. Neither, neither, neither side really liked us. The grunts didn't think we were hard enough. And the air wingers thought we were crazy. We loved it, and, and John embraced it. And, you know, there's a lot of times where we're out in the field doing ops, and, and John and I would talk about, you know, life in the Marine Corps and why he wanted to be a Marine and what was going on with us when Hawk uh, was canceled or replaced by Patriot. You know, there was still that, that motivation to, to stay in the Marine Corps and make the best of it, whereas a lot of us, including myself, was like, you know, this isn't really for me. I really don't feel like uh, you know, I'm going to give Uncle Sam a second chance to influence my life anymore. I think I'm done. John wasn't like that. John was like, you know, we'll take the good with the bad and adjust fire and overcome. And, you know, I, I got out and he went on to, I, I want to say, crash fire rescue, which is something that he wanted to do. And, and you know, by all intents and purposes, he, he really enjoyed that, that part of being a Marine as well. And we kept in touch over the years, you know, off and on, you know, he did stuff and then we lost contact for a while. I had some stuff going on and he had his stuff going on and I started doing this podcast and, you know, he's like, I want to come on. I'm like, I, I want to have you on. And, and the reason I'm going to get into this is when John got out of the Marine Corps and, and he had to get out, he didn't want to get out, he had to get out. John started this thing of, of being uh, this, this one-man organization called Veteran X and talking to him about it, it was his way of raising awareness about veterans' issues, kind of like, you know, Oscar Mike Radio, but in a very, very different way. John would run these 
super long endurance self-time races to raise money for certain things and raise awareness. And the first time I saw a picture of this, he's carrying the American flag with this shirt on that said, some gave all. And I'm, I was immediately taken back to my time in Charlie Battery where he would run with the flag while we were on, on these big group runs all the time. It looked exactly the same, like nothing had changed. And we did get to talk on the phone one time when he did one of his long ones, and, and he was really happy that we got to speak. He, he was like, you know, I, I really don't know what else to do, but this is, this is my way to raise awareness. He's like, for some people, you know, this is a really uh, connects with them about what I do, and, and, I, and I run these races, and I run these time events, and I get people to, to get involved, and they pay attention to it. I don't know why. But I really enjoy this, and I'm really finding a lot of, of peace in my life by knowing that I made a difference. And, and it really resonated with me. I, again, you have somebody who's taking something that they either do very well, know how to do, and they're using it to make the world a better place. And, you know, having this all go down on the 29th the way it did and finding out the way you know, I did and, and the details behind it, which I, which I don't want to do right now. I don't want to really expand on that, but the, the finality that, you know, I, 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 we, we were supposed to be on the podcast together. We, we had talked about it several times and he's like, if you can get me to stand still for 15 minutes, then I'll get on talk with you. And I'm like, well, I couldn't, <laughs> that was hard to do in Yuma. How am I going to do that now? He's like, well, you got to figure it out. You know, we'll make it happen. And it is with great regret that I never got him to come on here and, and, and make that happen. I just, I'll be straight with you. I, I assume that I always have time. And, you know, one thing I've, I've had to face is time is not something that we have a lot of. And if you have that opportunity to be with that friend, you know, ride that motorcycle with them, go hiking, watch that movie, hang out, get on the phone, text, whatever, you know, maybe you should do that because you don't know when they're going to be gone. More importantly, as I went back on John's Veteranex Facebook page and looked at what he had accomplished and what he did as Veteranex, I, I took away for myself that, you know, for all of us veterans, regardless of how we got out or how we served, whether it was peacetime or combat or whether or not we got hurt, whether or not we have PTSD or not, whatever our situation is, you look at his Facebook page, you look at the shirt he's wearing that says, Some Gave All. And I look at it as, this is just my opinion about what I have seen and felt and how this has helped me keep John's memory alive. If veterans are some of the population and some of us have to either A, write a check against our lives to serve our country or have given their, our lives to serve our country, wouldn't it be fair to say that veterans in a sense are the sum that have either given all or are willing to give all so 
my my thought process is maybe we can look at ourselves as veterans and be that veteran X that that gives something to somebody else to either help them out or serve in a way that that helps somebody either a veteran uh, a civilian some kind of, of outreach or just simply you know what hey I, I, I need I need to move some some trash out of my house I've got nobody to help me out can I do that and, and rally around that person help them out or getting that call from somebody saying hey I've had a very bad situation with something going on in my life do you think you got a couple minutes to talk to me Maybe that's what Veteran X is. Maybe that's the legacy that John leaves behind is that we veterans of some can give all some way. And, and I really hope that his memory won't won't die. And and I'm not doing this podcast for recognition or anything like that. I, I'm doing this because you know, there were times when I served with him that he's like, hey, P-Dog, can you, you know, help me check out a 50 cal. I was working in the Army at the time and help me do my 50 cal class for meritorious board. <laughs> and we're sitting there and, and, and nobody else had done this, but he actually, you know, we, we, we got all the paperwork for him to transport a, a 50 cal machine gun. I had to, to wear my Beretta to, to do this with him because, you know, it's, it's a machine gun, right? You know, I, I got in my vehicle and transported this thing to uh, P-111. We set it up, and the sergeant major, the first sergeants were like, what in the world has this guy done, right? What is this? They'd never seen somebody actually have the wherewithal to, to check out a cruiser weapon and then, you know, not just talk about it with uh, a PowerPoint or a, a flipboard, but actually go through the nomenclature of, of, of machine gun, what, what, what it did when it didn't fire right, you know, the whole nine yards. And, and uh, he, he got his promotion. He was meritoriously promoted, and, and I, I felt really proud of that. But it, it's, it's memories like that that I don't want to ever really die. And I, I want to remember that because there were times as a, as a, as a Lance Corporal trying to figure out how to, you know, get the loader to do what I needed to do that, you know, he showed me. And there was times when we were out, you know, doing watch at 2 o'clock in the morning where we'd talk about stuff that uh, came back to me in the last couple of weeks. So, you know, usually my podcast, I try to get real organized and real strict about how I, you know, what I'm going to talk about and how. But I kind of went uh, free with this one. I kind of wanted to just sit there and tell whoever's listening that this Marine meant a lot to me when you talk about the brotherhood that Marines have with other Marines, whether they're female Marines or male Marines, WMs, you know, whatever you got want to call it, that we're all here for each other and that we all are connected. You know, there was a connection I had with John and over the last couple of, of weeks, you know, since this, you know, happened, people have been hitting my inbox with stories and and, and thoughts and, and, and feelings about about this guy. And, of course, we're all sad in his passing, and it certainly has to be a very difficult time for his family. And, again, 
I hope I hope this podcast provides you all with some comfort and and understanding that John you know brought some light into this world. And again, uh, I just want to close with that I really do believe that the Veteran X wasn't just about John. It was about all of us veterans looking inside ourselves and seeing what we could give to make this world a better place for ourselves as veterans and others. And, you know, all kidding aside, John has checked into Heaven's Gates. He's probably got his duty belt uh, polished right from Chesty. And he has seen the Marine Corps him as he's walking uh, the barracks. And, and, you know, one day, brother, I hope to see you and, and share your laughter and your wisdom and, and your, your, your companionship. And I just want you to know that you're missed, but you're not forgotten. My name is Travis and Omar is out. Thank you.